And welcome back, everybody. What a precious time of worship. I cannot wait for us to be together in the house of the Lord. As the psalmist said, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Think about that, to dwell together in unity. What a blessing it's going to be. We are so very thankful for the blessing of the Lord, for the hand of the Lord, for his protection on us during this season. But oh my, how we long for the day that we can come together and worship him in spirit and in truth. During this time, um, as you all know, we have tried to uh, be as creative as possible and use every resource that we can to, uh, to stay fresh and keep fresh content coming to you. This week, um, while we were kind of going over some of our options and some things that we could do to, uh, to keep, keep everything fresh, I felt very strongly in prayer that it's time for us to uh, introduce some other voices uh, during this, this time and kind of listen to what God is doing in other people and how he's working through other people. You know, it's easy uh, during this season to get a little bit selfish because you think perhaps you're the only one that's going through this. My wife and I were uh, laying in bed the other night trying to go to sleep and just, had just been talking back and forth. And, and I told her, I said, you know, dear, the thing about it is that under a normal circumstance, when things are happening like this in your city or your state or whatever, you could find somewhere to go. But I said, there's really nowhere in the world you can go that somebody is not facing what we're facing right now. And so with that in mind, I want you to understand tonight, church family, that the church of the living God, although we have been affected by this pandemic and not able to meet the way that we would like to, I want you to understand that the church of the living God is alive and well. It is well. And I am so thankful that during this trying time, God has given us a large body uh, to be able to stay connected and encouraged and uh, every every day I'm connecting with other pastors and other ministries to find out how they're working and how they're moving. And so in prayer time this week, I, I sincerely felt like uh, that it was a good time for us to hear from some of these other churches and pastors and ministries. And so the first man that God laid on my heart uh, is a very, very dear friend of mine, one of my closest friends and such a blessing. He and his beautiful wife, are doing a great work for God in the state of California. They are just, just outside of the Bay Area in Tracy, California, pastoring a great church, a thriving church that they planted uh, several years ago. And uh, we have prayed for them in their journey. Uh, God blessed them some time ago with an, a, another building opportunity that they are in. It won't be forever because they're growing. But uh, I am so thankful not only for uh, Brother Allard's friendship, but I'm thankful for his ministry. Uh, I am thankful for the stand that he makes for truth, his love for doctrine, and uh, his, uh, his study ethic. He is absolutely a man of God. There's a lot of things you can say about, about people, but I want to tell you for sure, he is a Christian. And so tonight, we are very honored to have Brother Allard with us. Pastor Allard, welcome. Hey, it's so good to be with uh, the First Pentecostal Church of Anderson and my good friend, Pastor Luke Sinclair. Love, love you, love your family, and uh, just it's an honor to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Really Absolutely. Well, man, we love you too, and we're extremely glad uh, that you would join us tonight. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know that you have service tonight as well. We so. do, but this is well worth it. We appreciate it the privilege really to come and talk to the church a little bit. Yes, sir. Well, man, we're glad to be able to put a, a face to the name. Uh, FPC <laughs> has heard your name so much behind the pulpit and uh, in yes. private conversation. So I'm very glad that they get to meet you this way. And we're believing God it won't be too long before we can meet in person. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's time for your church to, to really know that uh, your pastor's voice has been has been so timely at West Valley Pentecostals. And we appreciate you allowing him to travel. I think sometimes uh, the church can feel as if that it's, 
it's kind of neglected in a way because the man of God travels and preach at other, preaches at other churches. But please know that when he's out and about preaching, he really is making a kingdom impact. And he's preached for us, I believe, three times now. And each of those times, it has been profound. And I, I really think of your pastors probably, probably being one of the greatest voices in the apostolic movement right now globally. And uh, I'm honored to count him as a friend. Well, thank you, Brother Allard. That's so kind. Would you do me a favor and just tell me, tell tell our, our audience tonight just a little bit about yourself, where where you are. I mentioned to him briefly that you're in Tracy, yeah. but uh, where you are, where you came from, where you were raised, how you came to pastor in Tracy. Just tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. So, you know, my, my father is a pastor. Pastor's a good church in Modesto, California, and I was with him for many years, was raised there, was the youth pastor there, and always had felt a, a real call of God to plant a church. And I won't get into all of the details, but let me just say this. I had felt a burden uh, for a city right across the bay from San Francisco. And um, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I really feel a call of God to go pastor and plant a church in Richmond. And he said, son, I don't feel it's the will of God. And so this kind of went on back and forth for quite some time. And uh, of course, he was right. I was wrong. Went on to to just continue to work with my father and um, continued to uh, get go to school and, and uh, get my pilot's license during this time. And so ended up becoming a commercial pilot as I was serving in ministry there at the local church. And uh always felt a call of God to plant a church. And so I was actually working out of a little airport in the city that I now pastor in and uh, never thought that I would have planted a church here. But in due season, of course, I got to meeting people and connecting with people in the environment and within the city here. One thing led to another, and we ended up planting a church with uh, Matt and Tina and their little boy. Uh, so we had two adults and a baby. My wife and I came. We started with them. And over the course of the last five and a half years, uh, God has blessed us tremendously. Man. And, uh, you know, today we have a great thriving congregation uh, that we are facing challenges just like any church is. Sure. But God has been so good to us. And uh, so I have continued throughout this whole process. Um, I have continued to work as a corporate pilot, which I don't really put that up above ministry in any sure. way, but it is part of how we've been able to support the kingdom of God. And my wife is also a professional. And so uh, with God's help and a lot of hard work, God has allowed us to uh, be where we're at today. And so we're grateful for that. Amen. Well, I can tell you for sure, these are, these are busy people. They are go-getters and mm. working so very hard and uh, truly trendsetters for uh, for young couples to look at it. It's never, ever convenient to do the will of God. And so right. uh, one thing I really, really love about Pastor Allard's story, which is strange enough, one of the things that connected us, for those of you that are members here, you know that uh, that your pastor has a little bit of a sickness with uh, aviation. And so I love his story because aviation basically led him to the will of God to start a church. Yeah, so, um, yeah. it's fun to do. It's incredible, man. Thank you for doing that. I, I want to talk to you a little bit, Pastor, about like nobody knows the heart of their people like the shepherd. Nobody sure. really understands. How has your church responded? And I, I don't want to make this whole uh, this whole broadcast about COVID because it's not the kingdom of God's marching on, but it's obvious that the elephant in the room has to be dealt with. Oh, yeah. How has West Valley Pentecostals, how, how have they... Uh, adapted? How have they responded during this time of pandemic in California? Sure. You know, I have to commend the church. I really, really have to commend them. They've been doing a fantastic job. And keep in mind, most of the people that I pastor are people that have lived for God for about the same amount of time that I've been here in, in Tracy. So about yeah. five and a half years. So we have a very young congregation and at least young when it comes to having lived for the Lord and served him. And uh, I have watched their faith really just kind of skyrocket during this time. It's amazing. Because here's what's, I think, so profound about everything that's developing right now. And you're right, it is the elephant in the room. But they've been hearing me preach about end-time events, eschatology for the last five and a half years. Yeah. 
maybe even less. They've, they've, they've been hearing me preach and teach from Matthew 24, Luke 21, the book of Revelation. And here we sat in 2020, and we have a first row seat oh, to man. seeing everything that I and you have been preaching about for a long time. And I think what happens is uh, we can get to the place, especially as saints, that we just, when we hear preaching about the end time, we, we can allow it just to kind of pass through our filter oh, so and not true. really give, give it much thought. I think, though, what COVID has done is it's, it has stopped all of us dead in our track. And now we are beginning to retrace and rethink about all of the teaching that our pastors have done. And so I think that's where my people are at. I think the people have, uh, have kind of rallied and said, wow, we really are here. We are, we are sitting on the edge of the end time. Christ's return is imminent. Amen. Let's do this thing. That's kind of what I've been picking up as the pulse of the people. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you something else that I think is kind of uh, an interesting dynamic to the kingdom of God um, is how different things can be handled or even dealt with in in different locations. You're all the way out on the West Coast. Do you feel, Pastor, that that all churches in every state should have dealt with this the same exact way, or, or do you think that each state, each church, each city, municipality is a different a different situation? Oh, the latter for certain. I think that every church is its own unique uh, organism. I think yes. that that God has given. This is the reason why I think pastors are so important because pastors are the ones that are meant to pilot and navigate ultimately the culture of the church, the organism called the yes. church. Uh, this is the reason why I can't pastor First Pentecostal Church of Anderson. And now you're probably a lot more well-equipped at Pastor West Valley Pentecostal. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. But My church but what people I'm are saying, saying is, no, we can't is, even do it here. <laughs> I think ultimately God has given every church a pastor. Yes. And every pastor has to navigate these waters or Amen. these skies, uh, basically the way that God gives him, you know, the, the wisdom to. So, I mean, I really believe that the way that we're doing it here possibly could look very different than the way that you're navigating the storm there and possibly even different than the way someone's navigating the storm in Mexico or Africa tonight. But thank God for a pastor that's sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I really think that's, that's the key. And I, I, I think every, every precious saint of God needs to thank God for their pastor tonight, because you just speak to this for a moment. You don't know the weight of, of, all of this. The, the, I've worked more in the last four and a half weeks than I've ever worked as a pastor trying to keep people encouraged and trying to think of, am I being, you know, am I being uh, involved enough in my people's life? Am I keeping people connected? Uh, and so thank God for a pastor that's spiritual and doing everything that he can do to keep the church together. Man, that is, that is so true. Um, you know, the thing about this, this situation to me, Pastor, what it's revealed is like every pastor kind of has their normal, you know, you have a certain day that you kind of make rounds a little more convenient, of course, but, uh, to do, to do it on certain days, but hospital rounds, nursing home rounds, yes. uh, what man, brother in less than three days, that was completely stripped from us. Gone. So we, Gone. we had to come up with a whole new way of normal. Like what is, what is normal anymore? Do we even know, you know, so I, what, what is, what's normal going to look like when this is over? I think we're all hoping it's over pretty soon, but what does normal look like when this is over for yeah, you guys? Let me just speak to the, the thing that you had mentioned a moment ago, and, and probably one of my greatest pillars in my church right now, an elderly man, uh, Brother Amador, great man of God. He leads our ushering staff at yeah. West Valley. Uh, has been, he was taken into the hospital last week. He was diagnosed with COVID-19. He's not been out in a almost a week now. And what's so sad about it is that his family cannot be there with him. Mm. Even his own wife cannot be there. And typically I would be there next to him, ministering to him, stopping by multiple times a day, maybe. But in this whole, in this whole epidemic or pandemic, I have not been able to go into the hospital one time. So it definitely is changing the way that we do ministry. Ultimately, I think where we go from here, my, my spiritual or my prophetic voice is telling me this. I I really believe that we're coming out of it. I do too. We're going to come out of it. But 
I think that the church needs to be careful. I think ministry needs to be careful because I believe as quick as we come out of it, that another wave is coming. And I'm not, I'm not an expert at eschatology. Don't claim to be. I am a general practitioner pastor. You know, there's certain yeah. doctors that are, they're what they call family doctors. Then there's cardiovascular surgeons, men sure. that, and women that, that are specialists. I think pastors, for the most part, we are uh, general practitioners. And I think if my idea of Revelation's right, I think we could see potentially another wave of kind of what we're experiencing right I now too. come again very soon. And so I do, I do believe... You know, I, I am... Uh, I'm, I'm oftentimes, over the last few weeks, really, really torn... And I, I don't want this to come off as derogatory at all. You know, I think I, I could say without a doubt, you and I have been on the same page as far as faith is concerned through this whole deal. You and I have talked since the first sure. weekend. Matter of fact, we were together the, the weekend this all started. All yeah. Your missions conference, your missions weekend happened the, the first Sunday of all this stuff. And, and I was with you on Sunday night. But... Um, yes. Man, the fear that has gripped a hold of people's hearts and and to see kind of the way that the church in general has has really responded. Um if I could say this and not sound like a, a, a like I'm being derogatory and negative, you know, I think the government has has completely responded in a way that I would expect the government to respond. In the midst of a pandemic. Sure. But what has surprised me is the way that some of the church world has responded, and, and namely, apostolic Pentecostals. You know, Pastor Allard, I, I, I don't want to sound like a, like a Superman here, okay? So I, I think everybody understands that. But we, we have a real, a, a real situation that we need to deal with right now with all the fear that's running rampant. As a child of God, not just a pastor, as a child of God that's been filled with the Holy Ghost. Sure. And fear gripping the hearts of this nation. What would you and I do tonight if someone walked up to us on the street and said, Pastor, I have been tested positive for COVID-19. I believe Jesus can heal me right now. Should, mm -hmm. should we ex exercise wisdom and say, well, I'll just pray for you from here. And at what point do we buy into James, the book of James, that if there be any sick among you, yeah. let him call for the elders of the church, lay hands on them and pray the prayer of faith. Do you believe that there has been a little bit of a crossover, or is it just me, that we have not completely reacted out of faith and maybe some in fear as the body of Christ? I've been thinking so much about this, Pastor Sinclair, the last, especially the last week and a half, <clears throat> and primarily because the first few weeks, I think we were all kind of caught off guard. We were kind of off kelter. Yeah. I, I think many of us are starting to find our footing where we're at spiritually and then also theologically. And so we've been wrestling with a lot of these these different questions. Ultimately, where I'm at is this. I don't believe, I don't believe, this is so controversial. I think if we're filled with the Holy Ghost and um, and if we're really living, living for the Lord, I yes. think you understand what I'm trying to say. I think we should have no apprehension at all when it comes to laying our hands on an individual that has cancer, Amen. lupus, uh, heart disease, COVID-19, HIV, I don't believe that we should have any apprehension. Where I do believe, again, this is where I believe the church needs to be prayerful. It is, it is the man of God's responsibility to use faith, but at the same time, allow wisdom to be at work. Yes, sir. And, and not ignore all of the wisdom literature that we find, especially throughout the Old Testament. And so somehow, some way, this is where there's a lot of work for the man of God. Getting wisdom and faith to coalesce is really... I think a a very 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 spiritual experience uh, that has got to be done with much care. So pray for your pastor. But no, I believe that 
I think we have to be bold. <clears throat> I think we have to be, I think we have to be courageous. We're not looking to be ignorant. I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to be yeah. doing things that, you know, for example, when Jesus tells his disciples that they should take up serpents and it should not harm them. I don't think what Jesus was saying was go jump into a pit of snakes right. and show the world that you're not going to be killed. I think that wisdom has to be used as we make our way through this. But no, I think the church needs to be emboldened. I think we need to be courageous. I think we need to know that God's coming through uh, during this trying time. Well, let me ask you this. You, you mentioned that particular scripture. If you take up a, a serpent, it, it shall not hurt. You drink any deadly thing. I've heard, yeah. I've heard really, prob- probably in the last uh, three or four weeks, I've heard scripture twisted so far out of context to justify the spirit of fear. Uh, sure. Probably more than I ever have in my lifetime. Yeah. Right. Just, I mean, is it really true? That if we believe God's a healer and we pray the prayer of faith over somebody, that we're the same as taking up serpents? I, can, I just can't make myself believe that. No, I think it's, it's, it's a straw man argument. Um, and I yes. think that ultimately what we have to do is this, is that we've really got to take and we've got to understand this is a time where ministry needs to be, if they can, they need to be actively praying with people and for people, depending yes. on the case and what opportunities may avail themselves. Well, I, I think we are guilty as a movement, perhaps, of calling ourselves a resurrection movement. We're people that believe in the power of resurrection. We preach, and and this is going to sound somewhat controversial, so just put your seatbelt on. But it's one thing to preach about a God that can raise the dead, heal the sick. How in the world can we believe that God can raise the dead if we only walk among the living? Yep. How can we believe that God is going to heal the sick if we're only around the well? I mean, did Jesus Christ himself not say that the whole need not a physician? Uh, I'm not trying to to twist and contort to a certain point of view here, but understanding the conundrum that's among us, I I believe that our faith has got to be greater than the spirit of fear that's gripped the hearts of people. Because as, as you mentioned, Pastor, we, we are probably not looking at, and I say probably very loosely, I could say it emphatically, we are not looking at our last pandemic. If you live, no. the Lord holds his, withholds us coming for another 20 years, we will see more and more of this the closer we get to the imminent return of Christ. Do you agree? Right. I absolutely agree. I think you're going to see the seals beginning to be opened at a quicker Amen. pace. I think that's where we're at. But But let me just talk a little bit more about what you were alluding to a moment ago, and that is this fear component that is coming upon all of us. Let's just call it what it is, a spirit of fear. Yes. I think it definitely is a normal human response. And I can say that because, you know, in John the Baptist's case, John the Baptist goes from being this this man that operated under the spirit of Elijah, okay, and he's he's filled with the spirit. He baptizes Jesus. He's this mighty, tremendous, anointed evangelist. But then when he finds himself in prison in Matthew chapter number 11, he then asks the question, is Jesus, yeah. is he really the Christ or should we look for another? I, I share that with us tonight because I think what it does is it helps us see that the human condition, the human mind is always is always going to default to a position of God, are you going to come through? Are, are you are you alive? Are you real? Wow. In, in seasons of negativity and seasons of pandemonium. And I think the what's what's the key about the spirit, and I'm talking about the, the spirit of the Holy Ghost, yes. is that it allows you to live above the default position of the carnal mind. Oh, yes, sir. And so so where we have to be, I really believe where we have to be in seasons where right now it's very natural to be afraid. It's natural to take and say, man, God, I, I just saw my 401k drop by $15,000. Uh, what am I going to do about retirement? I think it's it's natural to say, what in the world's going on? Are, are you going to allow me to suffer financially and go through all of this? That's normal. But what's supernatural, what's, what's not normal oh, yeah. is when you start to stir up the Holy Ghost, 
And as you stir up the Holy Ghost, and I myself have to encourage myself to do this daily, is that as I stir up the Holy Ghost, I start to feel all those fears yeah, begin to yeah. reside. And that's where we need to and be living good. right now. I believe that the church has got to stay prayerful uh, during this season. Yeah. You know, I, I think this is a good way to kind of segue into to my next question and, and train of, of thought here is I think John Baptist being born even and, and having a revelation of Christ, the Messiah, that nobody else on the earth had. I mean, even Jesus said there's none greater that has ever been born to a woman, greater than John Baptist. John being the one preaching, prepare ye the way of the Lord. The lamb, Behold the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And I find it interesting, Pastor Allard, that when John Baptist got alone in prison, in isolation, that he began in a state of isolation to become easily offended and to begin to question the things that he should have known the most. And this leads me to something that I think as apostolics, we may have settled a little a little quickly, instead of just saying, I'm going to do what we have to do to get by here for a few weeks and meet online, do you think there's a danger at all, Pastor, of us meeting online like this, going to church in our pajamas every Sunday morning (laughs) on our sofa? Do you think there's any danger of us like backsliding without losing our Holy Ghost into a position of just comfortability because we're meeting in our homes. Is there a danger to you at all if we continue on this pace of just becoming comfortable with this? I think the short answer is yes, but let me unpack it for you. Yeah. I, if I look at the first century church, the first century apostolic church, the first century apostolic church, at least prior to the Acts 2 experience, had been used to going to the temple or a synagogue yes. to have service, okay? So in John 4 you still see Peter and John going to the house of God to pray and do their daily spiritual devotions. Yes. Acts 2, uh, we, have a, we have a spiritual experience that takes place in an upper room, and this has continued on as a theme throughout the book of Acts multiple times. You see Absolutely. the church no longer being able to go to the temple because of persecution, uh, so they go into houses. Well, we all know of Paul. Paul had received letters to basically go uh, basically persecute the church in their homes. And so if we follow this, this string of reasoning through, they were no longer able to have church in the temple. In time, they were no longer able to really even come together to have, have worship in their homes or even in their synagogues. So then Paul, at this time now he's a saint, uh, decides he's going to have church in jail. What, what I find so interesting is that the first century apostolic church they were so, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They were so swift and adaptable yeah. uh, to, to whatever the, their environment was. And if I may continue to press on from there, when you get to really the end of the first century, uh, and we, re- we start now reading secular history to find out these facts, you find that the, the church that was told they could not have church in their home, they could not have church in the synagogue, they now start going out to the cemetery to have church. They start going out uh, to a place where they had buried their dead. The catacombs is what history calls that place, an underground cemetery. And they start going there, the very place that they had buried their children that had been potentially burned at the stake or had been killed in the Colosseum uh, is the same place that the first century and even second century apostolic church go to to stir up the Holy Ghost. Now, if my reason is correct, I don't think, I don't think when a small family was walking into the tunnels of the catacombs to have church that they looked at each other and said, this is ideal. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't think that they were saying, boy, this is, this is far, this is far better than when we were able to, to go to our synagogue and have church. Yeah. But I appreciate the, the tenacity of the first and century church first and second century church, because they went into that cemetery. They went into those catacombs, maybe just two or three of them, and they learned to stir it up for themselves. And we know this not from our Bible, but again, from the writers of secular history. Yes. And so when I'm being asked the question, is what we're doing right now ideal? It's not ideal. This is not ideal. 
But I think the church family must understand that right now, this is just about all we have. And the responsibility is no longer on the praise team. That's true. It's no longer, it's no longer on the worship leader. It's no longer even really on the pastor to some extent. The responsibility is on every single one of you watching this, this video tonight, our live stream. The responsibility is now on you in your own home while we're not yet having churches and cemeteries. Oh, so true. The responsibility is on you to, in this not ideal situation, to stir up the Holy Ghost and have you some church without a, sh a shakamo or Sunday night shout beat. Yeah, yeah. You've got to learn how to get in the Holy Ghost when you're out on an island, John, all by yourself. Man, how long have we been preaching the importance of having an altar in your home, being proactive, not just getting fed every time you come to church, but feeding yourself daily so that when you come to the house of God, it's not just about what you receive, but what you can give because you have fed yourself all week. Oh, Lord, you know, I, I, I don't believe God is behind this, so, so don't. Don't run off with the statement that I'm about to make, church. But I'm telling you that God is in this. Sure. And I believe that God is helping us to find out how important it has been all along what we have preached. Build an altar in your home. Be proactive. When you cannot do what's ideal, be proactive. Being the body of Christ. Because when we come back together, Pastor, we can't afford to ever be the same. We've yeah. got to be the new church 2.0. We've got to take the train wheels off. I think Man, globally true. as the apostolic church, if this has taught us anything, uh, it is, it has taught us it's time to take the train wheels off. We've got to start. We have to. And again, I know it's not ideal. Maybe even, I, I guess one could say, maybe it's not even really, um, it's not even truly the biblical perfected plan. Right. But we do see it in the first and second century church. Those believers had to learn how to to get into the word for themselves. They yes. had to learn how to pray by themselves. And I think that's where we're at. We have to take, when we come out of this thing, there, there, there better be a zeal inside of every single one of us that says it's time to, to change the way that we've been having church. I think if personally. there's any danger in this, the danger is waiting for the church doors to open and coming home, uh, coming to the house of God empty sure. rather than being so full of faith and the word and, Oh my goodness, prayer and fasting. You know, this is a bad, bad time to stop your weekly fasting and your daily prayer and your word. Oh. This is a terrible time for that. If there's, if there's ever been a time that I think we need to turn up the intensity, it's right now. Man, I agree. Uh, it, the church has got to move swifter. It's got to be, there's an old song we used to sing, and I know this might be somewhat controversial, but uh, I don't even know all the lyrics. I just know some of the one of the lyrics and it's the song about the old ship of Zion. Yeah. Yeah. Preached about it on Sunday morning and I appreciate the old ship of Zion, but sadly I think it's time for, for us to be more of a swift boat church, mm. a church that moves quickly, a, a church that moves swiftly, a That's church good. that says basically though we're not able to come together right now, I can possibly pray somebody through tomorrow morning at Walmart. Yeah. I'm going so to, good. I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to pray people through, when they're not even at the altar, uh, we're going to make an altar right where they're at. Amen. I want to I, I want to kind of shift gears here for a second, Pastor. But I, sure. I do want to ask you um, about uh, your grandparents, the the precious people of God that were uh, missionaries for years and years to Africa. Sure. And they have both been, my understanding is, they've both been affected by this by this virus. Is that correct? They're in their eighties and have been affected by the virus. They both were tested positive for COVID-19. Wow. And how are uh, they doing today? You know, they're doing great today. Yesterday, we didn't know if, if Grandma Allard was going to make it through. But okay. they, you know, this COVID-19, it's, it, it's really weird. The trajectory is, is very steep. <laughs> you know, one day you're doing great, and then the next day you're yeah. about to kiss death. And um, <clears throat> today they released her from the hospital. Thank you, And Jesus. they asked her to go. Amen. Thank yeah. You, Jesus. And they asked her to go back to her residence and quarantine for another two weeks. Oh, thank so, the Lord. But God's doing great things. We appreciate all of your prayers. With you. Yes, sir. We these, appreciate your These are precious, precious people of God. And this, this is why I think this conversation is so interesting tonight, the dynamic of our conversation. 
nobody is saying for us to be insensitive to what's going on because, I mean, you, Pastor, you, you're personally affected by this. Your grandparents. So, so your statements of faith tonight are not driven because you haven't been affected. The fact is that in every century, the church has been affected by something, but we adapted and we overcame. I think you could almost use another argument that I think at least the framework of it yeah. that kind of has a parallel um, idea going on. And that is this, is that the Bible says the first century church prayed for boldness, mm. yet they were being persecuted. Yes. Okay. So you would think that if a church is going to pray for boldness, um, that they would be able to to not at least have some assurance that they weren't going to encounter martyrdom oh, or my. persecution. There's a thought. So it's interesting, you know, I, I believe that we need to be mindful and prayerful uh, that, that, again, we be wise. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not looking to contract a virus. No. But at the same time, I can't be, I cannot be fearful of it. I have to take and say, Man. again, even in, in my ministry endeavors, if I contract it, well, then God's going to be my healer. But I think it's important that we, we keep the faith and we keep persevering here. Amen. You touched on something uh, just very, very briefly a little bit ago, and, and I want to kind of hit this again because the, the spirit of fear, you mentioned like you're, you're watching your 401k crash and, and on and on, we could go on. But I think, I think one place that if we're not careful, the spirit of fear will hit us is listening to all the talk of the American economy crash during COVID-19. So let let me ask your opinion on something, Pastor, and, and uh, obviously I, I completely trust where you're at or we wouldn't be having this conversation tonight. So I want you to take your liberty in this answer. But what must the church of the living God do mm-hmm. in the midst not only of a, of, a, of a sickness pandemic but in an economic crisis? What must we do as the body of Christ to guard against financial collapse that could severely uh, handicap apostolic ministry, the ministry of pastors and and evangelists and missionaries. I mean, the work of God's got to go on. So, what can we do as a body of Christ to be sure that that financially we can still make a difference in global evangelism? I, I love the, this question because I've given such thought to it, and I think. Anytime someone asks this question, you always have to start with Malachi chapter three. Oh, and, and if you'll allow me to work through it, but yes, obviously, brothers and sisters, if there's ever a time that, that you need to be holding fast to Malachi three and what God had to say there for his people, it's now. I really believe that paying your tithe, I shouldn't even say, I shouldn't use the word paying, giving your tithe sure. and giving your offering is is a hedge of protection that it is a promise that you have in the word of God. The Bible says that, that the Lord will rebuke the devourer out of your field while you sleep. Mm. I believe that the context of this is speaking strictly of resources and finances and, and your work that you're doing. And so the first thing I always want to do when I'm having this conversation is put, make sure that we relay the groundwork. I've got to be faithful oh, yes. to God. I've got to be faithful to God. This is not a time for me to be pulling back and saying I need to be more conservative. I need to make sure tonight that when I go to bed, I need to know and I need to have this confidence in God that God is going to rebuke the devil out of my field while I'm sleeping. But I guess in more practical terms, you know, again, if we we pull out of this, uh, we pull back from the scripture just a little bit. Uh, I, I believe we all understand that we're a blessed people. But then... Aside from being a blessed man or woman of God, there are certain principles. And and the principles for, number one, creating wealth, protecting wealth, um, are the things that we don't feel very comfortable about talking, at least within the church context. That's true. We feel comfortable talking about tithe and offering, at least some of us do. (laughs) (laughs) And, And we feel comfortable talking about the blessings of Abraham that are on our life. But... Um, there are some principles. And the Jewish people were so good about passing these principles on to their children. It was almost became hereditary. And the principles ultimately consisted of 
and there's some more practical ones I'm just assuming that we all would know. But I, I think it's important right now um, to be thinking about creating multiple flows of income, uh, even if it's not a lot of money, uh, creating multiple flows of income. So you have your job, maybe your spouse works as well, but then creating another another sort or another form of income, even if it's just a very small amount. I think this is what that, again, first century, second century church was so good at. And this is what made them adaptable as many of them were merchants. Yeah. Um, and I think how this plays out, you know, at least with, with, with people that are precious saints within the church is, is not being uh, so quick to throw up a defense that says you're just trying to, to, again, make us all rich. That's not what we're trying to do. I think what ultimately ministry is concerned about is making sure that that you are going to be taken care of in, in these kinds of seasons. The, the last thing that a pastor wants to see, uh, and I, I'm speaking for myself now, I'm not speaking for Pastor St. Clair, but when, when we go into an economic uh, disturbance, yeah. Uh, the last thing we, we want to see is people laid off and they're not able to pay their rent or pay their mortgage. And so allowing these principles to kind of take root in your heart. And so, again, the first one would be, you know, start creating once we're out of this, start creating another form of income that you can you can draw on that. At least it will put food on your table, if nothing else. And then I think the second thing really is, is is getting out of debt. And I think this applies to just about all of us, whether it be preachers, mission, uh, pastors, missionaries, evangelists, um, and again, people that are just good, precious saints of God, getting out of the, the credit card debt, getting out of what we call the silly debt, the bad debt. Um, I think it's very important to do that. So that way, when we enter into these seasons, that these seasons actually become, and this is very important, these seasons actually become seasons of opportunity. Yes. A lot of people are losing their mind right now financially because they're over leveraged. In other words, they're they're they have a lot of debt. Yeah, over their head. Um, they're over their head, and if they lose their job, they're living paycheck to paycheck. Um, but I really believe if if we can be disciplined, we can live on the promises of Malachi chapter three, create multiple streams of income, and then when this next cycle comes. Um, similar to this cycle, that it's it's a time where the people of God can say, you know what, I'm going to actually buy in the stock market right now. There's just a lot of opportunities, and I don't want to make this a business course, but there's a lot of opportunities right now that we did not have eight weeks ago. That's very um, true. There's a lot of opportunities. And so even the world, the intelligent business investor, and if you're interested in this, there's a, a great book, called The Intelligent Investor. Okay. Um, and, and basically what he talks about and deals with is that when everybody in the marketplace is running for their lives, this is the time where smart investors start running to the deals. And, yeah. and, and again, there's a lot to cover here, but I think that this is a paradigm shift that we need to have in the apostolic movement, that it's not wrong to make money. It's not wrong to allow God to, to bless you with resources so that in turn, then you that you can be a blessing to missionaries and evangelists and even yes. your pastor. So I believe those are that's really the groundwork. I think I think motive is paramount in all of this. Absolutely. I think I think what drives us to to uh, to be more like uh, scripturally sound doctrine. I, you know, I I know it makes people uncomfortable when we start talking about this kind of stuff sometimes, but you know, we, we talk about living separated in the way we dress and the way we, the places we go and the places we don't go. I think it's also important for the, the people of the world to look at apostolics and say, man, they're not like the poor Joe Schmo from the other side of the track. I mean, these people, it's apparent that the hand of God is on their lives and you know, at, at some point, we're going to buy into this thing and really believe that the righteous will never be forsaken and their seed will never be begging bread. Mm -hmm. But that's not a good excuse for us to be lazy and not being sure that things are, are taken care of in, in the meantime, because I, I want you to understand that 
since this pandemic has started, we have absolutely uh, done our dead level best to be sure that every missionary we have taken on is still taken care of. We have oh. tried to bless evangelists that are not, they're not preaching. They go from preaching 350 times a year to, to nothing. Yeah. And so if we get to seasons like this and the body of Christ is flat, uh, busted, broke, man, we're in trouble. So yeah. keeping money flowing through the church is not just about being sure the pastor gets a, a, a paycheck. There is still global harvest that's taking place right now in the midst of all this chaos. Absolutely. I believe that I believe that this is a time, this is the time to be faithful. This is, is a time to lock in. And uh, thankfully, you know, I, I've, I've had some people in my church laid off just this last week. But up to this point, the economy was doing well. And so I pray that people that are part of First Pentecostal Church Anderson have, have not been laid off. Uh, but I, I really think that, again, um, this is a time to be faithful. Just it because is. the economy's pulled back a little bit or this induced coma has happened is what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, this is this is still a time while you have a job to keep on just just giving and letting God use you. And I promise you, you can't ever outgive God. And that is so true. That is so true. I won't I won't keep you much longer, Pastor. You've been so gracious to give us uh, an hour of your time tonight. But I want to ask you from the heart of an, of another pastor. It, it's obvious. Um, that our world as we knew it has kind of slowed down. There is quite a bit more downtime right now. Sure. And, and I've been very troubled. Thankfully, um, I haven't seen this from our church folks, probably because you've heard me harping on this. But I was so amazed, Pastor Allard, um, on social media and things that when, when this slowdown happened, how many Holy Ghost-filled apostolic people were talking about what a great time this was to catch up on their Netflix binge on things that they were behind on. What should I, I, oh I'm my. still blown away. Yeah. What should we as children of God that desire to be full of power, full of authority, when this economy resurrects, and it will, it will, when the church comes back together, and it will, what do we need to look like if we're going to be champions and victorious in the next few weeks? When all of this starts coming back together, what do we need to look like right now in our downtime? Is this a, I mean, is this a good time to get caught up on the news every day? Or do you think this is a great time for some Second Chronicles 714, if my people? Yeah, which are called by my name. Yeah. I say fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Oh, bro, that's in so this true. Time, in this time, I think you've got to keep, you've got to keep your foot on the gas and keep praying, keep fasting keep giving, keep staying in the word of, so keep uh, restudying the word of the Lord. Um, I believe that this is not a time again, back to what I was saying earlier. It's not a time to, to slow down. Yeah. This is a time to, again, just, it's time to go faster than we've ever gone. You're it's right. time for us to be more devoted than we've ever been and, and let God use us. I would, I really believe this is something that we've incorporated into our church over the last couple of weeks. And I'm sure that you guys have done the same. And so I'm probably just a bunch of hot air right now, but I, I like think it. it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great for, for our churches um, to be reaching out to people that are backslidden. Yes. Oh it, man, that's true. This is, this is a wonderful time for you to be reaching out through text, through Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media you're using, telephone, and reach out to them and tell tell a backslider that God loves them, that God wants them back in his house, That's that good, God Pastor. wants to save them. I don't think that this is a season for for condemning a backslider. There's never a season for it. Yeah, but this is right. this is I'm not a you. season to condemn them. This is a season uh, to take and say, you know, this is this is a time for you to come back. There's no judgment. The yeah. altar is open. Um, and I, I think it's good for backsliders to hear from the ministry, but there's something that is so precious about oh, yeah. hearing this from the Sunday school teacher, from the youth That's pastor, true. from the, the soprano in the praise team, uh, and the church overall collectively. I think it's important that we as the body become the antibodies that minister to one another. Uh, the church 
is, I believe, it's got its own built-in immune system. And when we start when we start working on one another, there's something beautiful about it. And so I, I, I've been encouraging West Valley to, to really practice the fundamentals. I don't know if there's any really new revelatory thing for us to be doing. And I'm sure that I'm right. sure there probably is. I'm just not I'm not at that level, I suppose. But I think <laughs> fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Let's let's stick with what we know works and and folks stir it up. Stir it up. Stir up the Holy Ghost every single day. This is not a time to become carnal. This is a time to be spiritual. That's so true, Pastor. And I, again, I am beyond grateful that you would take time to to be with us tonight and to talk to our church family and whoever may catch the echo of this broadcast later. Um, I really do wish it was different. I, I, I wish you were here preaching for us tonight from our pulpit, but that's not the case, and I certainly don't want to want to put you out at all, Pastor. But uh, I would I would like to ask you if you would before before we go tonight, if you would just pray over uh, pray over our church family and 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 pray over our city. We're we're binding together with you and with Tracy and and your state, uh, and we're believing God for great things, but. Um, I've been very blessed through this process to have your voice uh, in my life pretty much every week, and we're praying for one another. But as my friend tonight and as a man of God, it would do me good and yes. do our church family good. If you would just, would you, would you be so kind to just say a word of prayer over us before we go tonight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lord, we Thank come you, before Jesus. you tonight, and God, we pray right now that you would strengthen Pastor Sinclair. God, I pray that you would strengthen God's sister Sinclair, strengthen the girls. God, strengthen this leadership team. I pray that, God, that you would give Pastor and Bishop, Lord, the strength that they need to lead this congregation in this trying time. I pray that, God, as you strengthen them, God, I pray that the same strength, God, that flows into them, that flows, God, into every single man and woman, boy and girl, God, at First Pentecostal Church. Amen. I pray that, God, that you would let fear right now begin to leave the lives and the minds of every saint of God. I pray that, Lord, there would be a great assurance that comes upon every single one of them. I pray that, Lord, the joy of the Lord would begin to sweep into that room where they're at. And, Lord, every spirit of darkness that, is God been, that has been hanging over their head would be removed right now in the name name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Pastor Thank you for Saint praying Claire. for us, Pastor. I mean it sincerely. I feel the Holy Ghost. Man, I feel yes. the Holy Ghost. Yes. There's such a powerful presence of the Lord that just filled this room. And we are so grateful that you would take time to be with us. I love you, Pastor. Yes. And I thank God for, for our friendship. And I thank God for what you're doing. Keep up the good work. And uh, we're just believing for great things to come out of this Give your wife our regards. We love you so much, and we'll be in touch soon with you, okay? We love you, Pastor St. Clair. We love the family, and we just want to say thank you so much. You got the best. First Pentecostal Church of Anderson, you have the best. Treat them right, and thank you. you'll be there. Amen. Love Amen. you guys. Love you. We'll talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Bye-bye. So, church family, here we are tonight on a broadcast and the presence of God is so rich and so full and so powerful. God just met us in an interview broadcast. I don't know if you can feel it where you are, but my word, I feel such a powerful presence of the Holy Ghost in my office right now. It's so real. It's so tangible. I'm so very grateful that we are not absent from the presence of God tonight. We are not absent from His glory, but I feel Him in this room right now. And I want to encourage each and every one of you, as Pastor Allard just told us, let's stay engaged. We don't have to come up with some new creative way to have a relationship with God. It's prayer. It's fasting. It's the Word of God. It's staying connected to the flow of God, hearing the voice of God. If some of you in this season right now say, Pastor, I'm having a hard time hearing from, I haven't heard from God, then that means something else at this point in your life 
is still a little bit too loud. We need to we need to turn this down in this season. Maybe abandon some news, abandon uh, some other voices that are coming in. This is a great time for us right now to get connected to the heart of God, to hear the voice of God. I'm telling you that if we'll plug in, not, not to some kind of new extracurricular idea, some new, uh, some new way, I'm telling you if we will plug in right now and do what we know to do, when we come back to the house of God, the church of the living God, and we've said this before, but I'm telling you for a fact, we will be the most unstoppable and most powerful force that the world has ever seen. I plan on passing the test. When we come through this, I want the First Pentecostal Church of Anderson to be the most powerful force in this city. I want to tell you this tonight, that because of current circumstances, because you've heard me preach this so many times, that whatever is happening in the physical realm, there is a parallel in the spirit realm. The powers of darkness... The prince and power of the air are moving and working in the earth right now. But we as the body of Christ still have the authority in this city. We still have the authority in the place where we live and where we dwell. And I am telling you tonight, I'm challenging you, encouraging you in Jesus' name. Do not let this lock your faith up. Do not let this lock you into a spirit of fear, but rather be bold and courageous in the Lord. And when you begin to pray, don't pray timid as a lamb, but pray bold like a lion. I promise you tonight that the lions of this den, they will not consume us, but rather we're going to come out on top. I tell you that the fire of the fiery furnace will not consume us, but we will come out victorious in Jesus' name. And I believe that the things that have held us bound in seasons past that have perhaps stopped us, stopped us and slowed us down, when we come through this fire, brother, we're not going to be bound anymore. I am declaring in Jesus' name over Anderson, Indiana, over Madison County, over the state of Indiana, over the United States of America, over California, over Tracy, California tonight, in the name of Jesus, over this world, that we will see the most powerful revival of Jesus' name truth that this world has ever seen. It's going to happen. We're coming out of this thing. I am not intimidated by what's roaming the earth right now. The darkness of this world has never been able to quench the light of God's people, the light of God's truth, and the light of God's word. So stay encouraged. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm so very excited about what God's doing. Please keep the good reports coming. I know that God's been working, and so have you. So stay encouraged. Be connecting with people. I'm, I am looking forward to coming back to you some more this week. We're going, we, Easter is coming up this weekend, and uh, we're going to be making some phone calls to you and talking to you a little bit about our Easter plans. We're very excited about that, uh, but uh, I want you to stay engaged. And between now and then, I have uh, some plans to come back and talk to you some more. I actually, I, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid to uh, jump out there and give it away tonight, but I do want to tell you that some very, very important voices in this church and in my life, some ministry that has been very important and, uh, and powerful in this church have already uh, committed to me that they're going to join us, uh, just like Pastor Brad Allard did tonight. There, We have some more voices that are going to be joining us, and I am excited. I'm extremely excited. We're going to bring you quality content. We're going to bring you quality voices that are going to speak into your life, into your family, and life into this church. Again, thank you so much to Pastor Brad Allard from Tracy, California, the West Valley Pentecostals. So very grateful that he stopped by to be with us. If you enjoyed the content tonight, please let us know. Leave us some comments. Uh, feel free to leave us uh, some messages on uh, Facebook. You can, you can email us. Go to our website and connect with us from there. We want to hear from you. We want, we want to know that you're hearing this and that you're being blessed by this and that God is using this during this time. I also want to encourage you, as, as I talked with Pastor Allard a little bit earlier, 
the kingdom of God is continuing to move. Missionaries are still still being missionaries. Evangelists are still being blessed. Uh, they're, they're being a blessing, and we want to be a blessing to them. And so I am just asking you that as we try to keep the kingdom of God moving forward, that you uh, would, would please continue to give. And uh, you have been amazing. If you're watching this tonight uh, and you are not a part of our church, you are not a part of this local assembly, uh, I want to encourage you to consider uh, giving to the kingdom of God, to be a blessing to the kingdom. This church is, is going all over the world right now, uh, doing our very best to touch every corner of the globe. And so I want you to uh, prayerfully consider that as we are doing our very best. Again, thank you for, for being with us tonight. I do love you and I appreciate you, each and every one of you. Uh, if you are joining us from somewhere away from Anderson, Indiana, or in this area, those of you that drive in to church, uh, leave us a comment, send us a message, and let us know where you watched from tonight. We would love to connect with you and to hear from you. Church family, I love you. I thank God for you. I thank God for what he's doing in your life, and I look forward uh, to worshiping with you again soon. Again, be listening for our, our phone call. Please be watching for our phone call concerning Easter, and uh, be watching for some more content that's going to be coming your way. We're excited. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.